You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Chris and Nick Show here on Big Blue View Radio. I am one of the hosts, Nick Filato, joined as always by Chris Flum, and we are here to break down the second fourth round pick of the New York football giants, safety out of Iowa, Dane Belton. You can kind of call him a hybrid safety linebacker, jack of all trades. I like to look at him as a second level defender who is versatile and can wear a lot of hats. So before we get into him, Chris, how are you doing, my friend? You know, I'm doing pretty well. Uh, a little tired, a little sore. We're recording just after I got back from the gym, so I'm a little beat up at the moment, but power through. Power through. There we go, Chris. So Dane Belton, when the New York Giants selected him, I hadn't watched a ton of film on him specifically, but I've watched a lot of Iowa watching college football on Saturdays and everything. And I know that they ran a very, very pesky zone defense that was conducive to creating turnovers. And Dane Belton played that role excellently in 2021 for Kirk Ferentz. The Iowa Hawkeyes led the NCAA in interceptions. They had 25. The next closest was Western Kentucky with 21 and then Cincinnati and Baylor both at 19. So, you know, Iowa kind of figured out a way to create turnovers. And I felt like Belton fit well into that. Can you speak to why Iowa was so good and Dane Belton specifically at creating these turnovers against opposing offenses? Well, like you said, their their defense was pesky. You know, they, they did a lot of, you know, like a lot of coverage shifts, at least from what I recall from their def- watching their defense. I, I have to admit, I paid more attention to uh, Tyler Linderbaum and their offense because, well, I just loved watching Linderbaum play football. But, you know, they did a lot to put their defensive players in position to take advantage of offensive mistakes, uh, a lot of baiting quarterbacks into making, uh, ill-considered throws and that isn't a terrible way to play defense in modern football Uh, just because a modern offense is really really tough to stop it it wasn't all that long ago that a sack was basically a drive killer you know offenses really struggled to make their way back from negative yardage now about the only way to stop an offense is to take the ball away from them you know how many times have we seen offenses, you know, lose five, 10 yards on first or second down and then come up with a 15 yard play to move the sticks. And it's not that hard with the way they spread the ball out, make use of spacing and timing passes and, you know, just seizing the numbers advantage with uh, RPOs and zone reads and all of the, all of the ways in which we've seen college offenses try to compensate for, you know, unequal recruiting. So having that kind of pesky defense, yeah, there is a rationale behind it. 
there's a rationale behind it. And I feel like it's a great way to not only take advantage of mistakes from these young college quarterbacks who, let's be honest, not all of them come out all refined. If you can really show them one thing and then change it right before they finalize a decision to throw the football, you can come away with these turnovers. And what I mean by that is a lot of college offenses, they run quick hitting passes, some run quick game. And I felt like one thing Dane Belton did really well was manipulating quarterbacks to make mistakes in the quick game. A lot of modern college offenses and just offenses in the NFL, you know, they run two man route concepts, or I would say slant flat. Dane Belton, there were several times, one was a flat dig combination and his responsibility was to head into the flat. And Dane Belton is fluid enough, good enough athlete to flip his hips and act like he's going to cover the flat. And the flat's responsibility in this play is to clear Dane Belton out. So then the dig or the in route or the slant, can be behind him. And that's when the quarterback hits his back foot, fires the football into that slant. That's supposed to be in the vacated position of where Dane Belton is. Several of Dane Belton's interceptions came in situations like that where Belton was acting like he was going to cover that flat route. And then he would just flip his hips and sink underneath that route that was supposed to be behind him, showing excellent route combination awareness and spatial awareness in general to come away with the interceptions. And he had five picks in 2021. He had no interceptions in 2020, no interceptions in 2019, and then 13 PBUs throughout his college career. And a lot of them came in quick game, in situations like that. And that just shows a lot of instincts. And again, it is coached in them by Kirk Ferentz and the Iowa coaching staff, but it also shows just an understanding on how to take advantage of opposing offenses and come away with turnovers. And I think you did a great job illuminating the fact that turnovers are kind of key in modern NFL and in college football. So hopefully Dane Pelton can transition that skill set into the NFL and use that overall processing and, and awareness to create turnovers for the New York Giants. Yeah, and talk about his athleticism. He is yeah, he played kind of a hybrid position in that Iowa defense where you could look at him and say he's a strong safety. I you called him a second level defender. I love that. Some you know, some defenses might call him a a money backer or a star. Uh I think under Steve Spurrier, South Carolina called it the spur uh yeah, Iowa calls it the cash backer. That's, that's what yes. they call it. But basically you're having a guy who has defensive back level athleticism playing in generally a linebacker role. And honestly, that's, that's a role I could see the Giants using Belton in as their third safety. You know, Xavier McKinney, Julian Love, those guys are going to be the starters. They're going to be on the field, hopefully for every rep. But then... You know, who is going to be the the first guy off the bench? And I believe that's going to be Dane Belton. And I think we could see quite a bit of him as that kind of hybrid safety linebacker. Because we know Wink Martindale loves to create chaos with his coverages and with his blitz schemes. And coming downhill is a thing, you know, Belton is good at, particularly as a blitz as a blitzing safety. You know, there are other aspects of him coming downhill that we'll get to that he needs to get coached up on. But using his linear explosiveness and using his athleticism to add speed to the Giants' second-level defense, that I think is going to be huge because you know, the rest of their linebacking core, not terribly impressive. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is 
you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. No, not terribly impressive or deep at the moment. Hopefully they can find a diamond in the rough there. But we talk about his versatility. Last year for Iowa, he played 536 snaps in the slot, 290 in the box, 51 on the defensive line, and then 57 at free safety, which is basically just a little bit deeper, I think, is how PFF would classify that. And then at the combine, he ran a 4-4-3, jumped 36 and a half in the vert, jumped a 10-3 broad, ran a 7-0-1-3 cone, and then a 4-2-4 short shuttle. And when I look at those athletic testing and then I look at his film, I think, yeah, it checks out. Because there were a lot of guys who I felt like tested a lot better than they played. But in terms of Dane Belton, I felt like when I was watching his film, he looked like the athlete that he tested as. Would you agree with that assessment? Yeah, I, I would agree with that. You know, I I think he was he's a great straight line athlete. You, know, you can see him having the speed to carry a tight end, a running back, a bigger slot receiver all the way down the field. Yeah, he's got makeup speed if he really needs it, where he can run a play down from behind. Yeah, when we were talking before we started recording, I kind of described him as faster than quick. You know, quicker than fast is a Mayockism describes a guy who is, you know, really shifty, quick feet, fluid hips, change, changes direction very well, but doesn't have a great top speed. For me, faster than quick is what Dane Belton is, where he has great tops, top end speed, linear explosiveness for days. Like talk about like uh, over 10 foot broad jump for a 200 plus pound safety. That's impressive. But then, you know, his feet and hips, you know, he doesn't quite have that, you know, super quick feet, ultra oily hips that you see some of the really great coverage safeties have. The guys who can man up on a slot receiver or, you know, just change direction completely fluidly. So that, that's kind of where I come down on, on him as an athlete. Yeah, and I think it's interesting, too, with with Dane Belton, because I actually saw some clips in terms of him showing the change of direction in short areas. Didn't always happen when he was carrying routes vertically in terms of the oily hips. But if you look at the interception against Illinois, it was a third and five in the second quarter from a bunch set. He was going to cover the flat and he had his hips almost completely turned towards the flat using his peripheral vision, looking at the quarterback and seeing and just knowing the situation, he was able to pivot on the outside foot, flip his hips completely around to work underneath the back the or the dig to the front side to come away with that interception. So I feel like he is fluid and he can change direction when he is in that intermediate part of the football field and he's not running 
vertically down the field. And maybe that's what you meant by maybe his hips weren't as oily as they are, uh, as you would hope when they're kind of carrying routes vertically and they have to flip while transitioning with momentum. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He is, he isn't an Earl Thomas type safety. And I don't think anybody's expecting him to be, but if you're looking at him as a third safety, you know, your third safety, a strong safety, maybe a super athletic linebacker type player. Yeah, he he has great movement skills for that role. Yeah, and speaking of just being a linebacker, he would be undersized in that role. He is, I believe, six foot and 205 pounds. So he's a little bit over six foot, two, about six foot and a half, 205 pounds. But there were some plays on his tape where I was impressed by the physicality that he did use in the box. He had this one play where he used a wrong arm technique against Penn State where he was aligned as the weak side linebacker and it was a counter play to his side. And the backside H-back came and just went to go nail him as the he kind of replaced number 97 as the end man on the line of scrimmage. And he sunk his outside arm and used the wrong arm technique, which you use to basically just create massive amounts of traffic and trash into the running lane. And that's exactly what happened because the Penn State running back had nowhere to go. And he tried to bounce inside where the Mike linebacker just came in and made an easy tackle for a loss of about one or two yards on that play. So in terms of his physicality at the college level in the box, I felt like it was sufficient enough. Now, do you think that can translate to the NFL? Because I do believe we're going to see Wink Martindale. We'll get into what Wink Martindale will do with this player, but I do believe we're going to see him near the line of scrimmage and in the box in certain situations. Oh, definitely. I, I have no concerns about Belton's physicality translating to the NFL. Yeah, you, he is a guy, it looked like he he enjoyed going downhill. Uh, sometimes I think he enjoyed it maybe a little bit too much where he kind of run himself out of position. And he did have a missed tackle problem at the college level. And I think that's kind of going to be the biggest coaching point for him right away. Other than, you know, j- just installing the basics of the, of Martindale's defense and getting him up to speed, because this is a guy who's going to play. It's a guy who's going to play, and I noticed that too. A lot of them were with him kind of coming down from depth. It's not like he can't you know, settle himself down, square up to the target, and drive through because I've seen him do that several times. But there were just times where he was a little bit, I guess, over-anxious. And maybe it kind of goes to your point of playing faster uh, than being quick in the sense that like, he knows where he wants to be and he's athletic enough, but he doesn't always – come and break down and use the great technique because he's over eager to make the play. And I felt like there were times where he kind of went in to the tackle point, a little sloppy and it allowed running backs or ball carriers to just use little subtle stiff arms to just keep him at bay. And then he would lose his balance and fall. And I felt like that was more of a problem when he was coming from depth, when he was coming from like a, a not a single high spot, but you know, a, a deep half spot or something like that. Yeah, definitely. Now that's not to say he's bad coming downhill because you know, he had a, great depth of tackle he was you know one of the best safeties in this draft class for uh, stopping plays close to the line of scrimmage i mean you know, just looking at sports info solutions he was 23 percent above average which was tied him with kyle hamilton you know the unicorn from this draft class at fourth in, in the whole draft class uh jalen petrie guy we both really liked from baylor was Far and away the best. He was also far and away the best blitzing linebacker. Uh, sorry, not linebacker, safety. Uh, you could confuse him for a linebacker at times. But, you know, Belden is a guy. He, he's not a bad downhill safety. He just needs to 
I, I think be more consistent and maybe make sure he puts himself in a better in better situations to where he can you know deliver clean form tackles use that physicality and really get get ball carriers on the ground and I will say this too, a couple of the missed tackles were with him kind of coming downhill to the outside shade of the ball carrier and setting outside to force the ball carrier back inside. I remember there was a play against Brees Hall. It was an ugly looking missed tackle, but if I remember correctly, he had a blocker coming from the outside who was about to ear hole him. So he just kind of set up to Brees Hall's outside, which was around the numbers, and that forced him back towards the middle of the field where there was linebackers and other safeties in pursuit. So just to be fair to him, that was another thing I think I saw a couple times. So some of those missed tackles might have been just to keep the construct of the defense intact to allow his teammates to make tackles. Boxing and spilling players is a part of football sometimes. Yeah, and that's something I think people need to keep in mind where it, it might look like a an individual player kind of missed his assignment or didn't make the play, but really it was his job to set up his teammates. Like it, this is a team game and you know, defense is a team activity. And sometimes you just need to put yourself in position to force the play back to your teammates and trust them to make the play. Yeah, it's just, you know, contain defenders. We talk about contain and force defenders and all that. That's a big part. But I want to kind of go back and maybe circle back a little bit. We were talking about his ability to read route concepts and, and just get interceptions. But he also has the ability to just find the football. I mean, 13 PBUs in college is a solid amount of college ball production. And this past year, he had eight and he had those five interceptions. So I think something that is interesting to me with Dane Belton. When you look at him in coverage, he has the, as we said, the, the zone instincts to play the zone type of concepts, even though that's not necessarily what Wink Martindale does too specifically, he's still going to utilize zone concepts. It's not like he's going to run 80% man coverage, but he can play man coverage. And he showed that at college. He, I feel like he's somebody that you can put on a lot of these tight ends and he has enough size, enough length and the athletic ability to keep up with them. And he's also one of those harassing players at the catch point. Did you also see that as well? Oh yeah, definitely. Like he, he has good size for a safety, you know, maybe not great size, but, but good size. He's got enough size to be versatile enough where he can, you know, run with offensive players, but also not be bullied at the catch point where he can play defenders hands and uh, sorry, play offensive players hands and knock the ball away, close pat receiving windows shut. And like you said, be harassing even when he can't make the play. There were a couple of plays against Maryland that I remember where he was manned up on the slot receiver, which was a wide receiver. And that's something that I question with Belton. Will he be able to keep up with, with these shorter, shiftier type of receivers at the NFL level. But against Maryland, there were a couple PBUs that he had, if I don't, if I remember correctly, where he was able to stick his hand into the catch point, stay on the hip, stay in phase. One of them, I think, almost caused an interception where he tipped it up to one of his teammates who just couldn't secure it. So I was glad that he was athletic enough to do that at the college level. But do you think that could be an issue for him early on in the NFL when he has to go up against some of these really smart and shifty receivers? Yeah, that could be an issue where like we've talked about how his uh, fluidity in space is it really depends on the situation and whether or not he is trying to carry speed and all of a sudden has to change direction. That could be an issue. And when you look at especially in 
the Giants division. There are a lot of very good route runners and guys who are fast and quick when you've got to worry about a Terry McLaurin, a CD lamb, Devonta Smith. Yeah. I don't really want to see Dane Belton manned up on those guys. Cause that's kind of a win for the offense. Yeah, that's one thing that I think could be problematic. And maybe we should shift to his usage here in Wink Martindale's system. If we look at what Wink Martindale did last year with the Baltimore Ravens, and just after watching a lot of his film, you can kind of tell that he likes to use a variety of different personnel packages, get different bodies out there based on his offensive opponent. Sometimes it's going to dictate there being three safety packages. It's something that we've seen the New York Giants implement over the years. And last year... The Baltimore Ravens used a lot of Chuck Clark, a lot of Brandon Stevens, who was a converted cornerback to play safety. And then they used a lot of Geno Stone, a former Iowa Hawkeye, who is a smart, just like Dane Belton, a smart player in zone with great instincts. Like that's how they're coached up there in Iowa. But Belton is a better athlete than, say, a Geno Stone. What do you think Belton's first year expectations should be? in Wink Martindale's scheme here with the New York Giants? You know, I think I expect him to get on the field. I expect him to contribute. I expect a kind of a regular rookie season where there will be flashes. I I think he will make plays. I think he'll be on the field a fair amount because like we've said, the Giants' depth at safety is a little worrisome. And their depth at linebacker isn't great. So they're going to need Belton to be on the field quite a bit, I think. I don't really expect him to explode onto the scene and take over games. I don't expect him to come out and be Cam Chancellor right away. But yeah, I think if he can just be a solid player who shows upside, that will be great, considering he's a fourth-round draft pick. Yeah, you know, those guys usually, if they are core special teamers, that's a good return on investment. Yeah, I think the special teams aspect is one thing, and I do think he will find the football field. I had my first year expectations written down. Please pick this apart. It goes as quote. Belton's versatility can be successfully leveraged all across Martindale's system. He could see the field early and often as a big nickel who can play in the box, man cover tight ends, a line over the slot, blitz, and possibly drop into deep half responsibilities, albeit he wasn't tasked to do that too often at Iowa. Belton will fit into a rotation along with Julian Love as a secondary piece who can wear many hats for Wink Martindale in year one. Yeah, that. That, I think, sounds like a solid expectation for him. Now, personally, I think uh, Julian Love is going to be a major player in this defense just based on the his versatile and very multiple skill set where he's former cornerback, he's got experience at safety, he can do pretty much anything out there. Yeah, I think he's going to get moved around the field a lot, and I think we could see Belton brought in as kind of like that big nickel, that Buffalo nickel, uh, yeah, long-term. Yeah. Th- this was another thing we we're kind of talking about before we started recording. Yeah. Long-term, I think a great ceiling for Belton would be Dion Grant. Uh, Giants fans remember back to 2010, 2011, where you had Dion Grant as the third safety in Perry fuels defense when he kind of innovated, which is a weird thing to 
think of the <laughs> Perry fuel defense, but that Buffalo nickel defense, that three safety defense. And then you had Deion Grant kind of playing that pseudo linebacker role. And that was really very effective. That was quietly a, a big reason why the giants defense came together in the second half of that year and really helped them to win the super bowl. Now, do I think Belton will be that good? I don't know that that's a lot to ask, but I think he could wind up having a, a similar role in this defense. Yeah. And Grant was like a seven year veteran when he came over to the Absolutely, New York. Absolutely, Yes. <laughs> I will say this too. And I think it's interesting before we get out of here last year, when the giants drafted Aaron Robinson, we were saying something similar that he was going to play the star and the money backer type of role. And I think Aaron Robinson is capable to execute those types of assignments. He's not as big as Dane Belton, but he did it pretty well in college, but now he's being relied on to be that outside cornerback without James Bradbury there. And you insert Dane Belton into this situation as a safety who I don't, I think he will be the third safety. I think he has the inside track, obviously being an early day three pick will give him that over someone like a Yusef Corker or a Trenton Thompson. I feel like Dane Belton is a much more complete player than both of those guys, but I also find it interesting that the Giants added those two UDFAs because I actually think they both could have a chance to make this roster. And that's not just because the safety position is a little bit weak at talent. I think they both offer unique skill sets in terms of Corker being a box alley type of defender who is very physical. And Thompson, he's another very physical player who can actually do a lot of different things as well. But how does that relate to Dane Belton? I'm just saying if those two do outperform Dane Belton, would you be shocked if they saw more snaps than a Belton? I think with this coaching staff, that wouldn't shock me. No, I, I don't know that I would be shocked. Maybe a little bit just because the Giants obviously like Belton. They made him a fourth-round pick, and they didn't – they had, what, five picks between the fourth and fifth rounds? So they didn't pick those other two safeties in the fifth round. So I – I would be a little bit surprised if they didn't give Belton more chances to show why they liked him so much. Now, if he, if he struggles early and continues to struggle in the second half of the season, you know, that then I expect the giants to go and see what they have. And if one of the other guys is a better option, then yeah, we'll see. We'll see that guy out there. Yeah. I ultimately think that Dane Belton will win this job. And I'm actually looking forward to seeing his usage. I think his usage or his skill set meshes very well with what Wink Martindale wants to do. Chris, anything else on Dane Belton? You know, I think we've covered it. We've gone to detail on his strengths. You know, talked about some coaching points for him. I, I think we've done about as much as we can without actually seeing him on the field with pads on. Awesome. All righty, everybody. Thank you so much for joining myself, Nick Filato, and Chris Flum here on Big Blue View Radio, the Chris and Nick Show. Please head on over to the website and check out all the written content. That's bigblueview.com. And also subscribe and leave a comment to the podcast. That would be awesome. Take care, everybody, and let's go Giants. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on the <laughs> No. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. 
Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.